98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Bigly Blast. From the opening kickoff, the NFL's 103rd season is going to be smoking hot, literally, because tonight in Los Angeles, there's a football game in a region so furnace hot that citizens are currently being asked to turn off their air conditioning from 4 to 9 p.m. Now, I'm guessing that will not apply to Stan Kroenke's billion-dollar stadium in Inglewood. This season will feature a football game in Germany, a triple header on Christmas Day, and it all ends in our backyard where Glendale is two for two at producing smash hit Super Bowls. There's been a massive quarterback shuffle. Russell Wilson's in Denver. Matt Ryan's in Indy. Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield in Carolina. Carson Wentz is in D.C. It's the dawn of a new era in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a long season in Seattle and it will likely be the swan song of the quarterback whose name I cannot mention. Tonight's game between the Bills and the Rams is also an early showdown and it offers an early look at an NFC West rival and as our guy Clue Haywood said earlier this morning, tonight is like the one present your parents let you open on Christmas Eve. The rest they all come on Sunday including a big shiny red box that represents the Cardinals. You can look at it, you can lift it, you can even shake it to get an idea of its contents but you have no idea what's inside none of us do That's the 2022 Arizona Cardinals for better and hopefully not worse. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Shop online at ChapmanBMW.com. I have to admit, Bick, I fixated on one part of your blast. You did. And it was the first part. The air conditioning restrictions in L.A.? They're really... 4 hey, to 9 p.m., it's baby. It's really hot, so turn off your air conditioning. <laughs> well, they, they, and they're then running out up, of power, man. And I looked up the L.A. weather. They are under an excessive heat warning. It's going to get all the way up to 95 today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. You poor Angelinos. How do you do it? Wusses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, listen. People were people who were in Southern California over the weekend were all tweeting out pictures of like outdoor cafes and there was nobody there. Soft. I read Soft. A, I read another article about It's 90. That's like a since that's like spring for us. It's going to be in the, in the 90s this weekend, like the high 90s. And we're all looking oh, forward I, to it. <laughs> I can't, I'm like planning like the outside right. activities right. I'm going to do. Right. Uh, I read but, another article about the open, because U of A was in San Diego to open up the stadium against San Diego State, and somebody called it maybe the worst stadium opening ever. But to read the details, and there was like a first-person account of how hot it was, I'm like, you know what? If it's going to be that big Mwah. of a bother, don't go to the game. It's, we couldn't find shade anywhere. Yeah. There's shade at your house. It's it's Again, it's all about the expectations. When you're in Southern California, you're expecting to feel that cool breeze. One of you guys said it yesterday, how aggravating it is when you go to flag yes, and it's hot. It is. I, I get it. Right? It's, it's, it's because, expectations. It's what it is. And you're like, oh, come on. So, but five degrees. I know, but I agree with you. They're very, very soft. It's going to be 79 for the high on Saturday. Yeah, right. So this is going to be interesting because this is, uh, the NFL does its opening night matchup very, very well. They always, they have recently, these Thursday night games to start the seasons have been terrific. And this is, uh, this is a marquee game. There's a lot of expectations on the Buffalo Bills and there's a lot of stuff facing the LA Rams. Teams not named the New England Patriots have a real hard time repeating in this league. 
Very true. Uh, because of the target on the back and a Super Bowl hangover. These oh, yeah. are all real things. It's all real stuff. In the NFL. And you have to start, when you when you talk about questions for the L.A. Rams, you got to start with their quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Court, you know, guided them to a Super Bowl title last year. Did so while, you know, after the fact, learning about elbow issues. He had a procedure in the offseason. And the, the the line coming from Los Angeles now is, hey, there's no limitations on Matthew Stafford. He's right. got no restrictions right now. Um, but that is something that is going to be talked about. Yeah. Just like, all right, in Arizona, here's the parallel. In Arizona, mm-hmm. when Kyler Murray throws a bad pick, it's like, ah, oh, he didn't study. Mm-hmm. When Matthew Stafford throws the inevitable first of his four or five pick sixes this mm-hmm. year, oh, that elbow's got to be bothering him. Those are things that are going to be talked about until they are well quelled by the individual. Listen, and, and the one thing that we learned about Matthew Stafford, whether you like him or not, um, he is he's about as tough as they come. I mean, I thought Carson Palmer was a tough dude. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's unlike anything I've seen at quarterback. Uh, and I'm not just talking, we, we all saw that hit that he took in the Super Bowl where his leg was bent backwards and you're like, okay, anybody else is tapping out. You know, well, apparently he played in the entire last season with this injury. And that's the whole thing. He plowed through the entire playoffs at the very least with a very compromised throwing arm and still made any number of great throws. Yeah. So we do know that he'll gut his way through it. But look, they 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 pretty much for Matthew Stafford, they had him in bubble wrap this offseason. And that was uh, that was kind of rare. So. The fact that he claims that he feels better now than he did at this time last year. Any time last year. Yeah, at any time. Or this time. Yeah, it was this time last year, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the the fact that they've that they've babied him is because he's obviously had a procedure and they didn't want to push it. But, you know, now it's go time. So it, it, we're, we're going we're gonna to see that. We're going to see the effect of, of this Rams offense that added a very underrated wide receiver from the Bears in Allen Robinson. He's a he's a terrific top top fifteen receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and they also have the guy that uh, was the offensive player of the year last yeah. year and and won the triple crown for receivers and was the Super Bowl MVP in Cooper they, Cup. And so. they got the best edge rusher in football, even though he's basically a defensive. They have the best disruptor in football in Aaron Donald, the best player in football in Aaron Donald. They've got the best cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. They've got Bobby Wagner, who is who is yearning to kind of. Time to regain what was his. It, it's going to be interesting to see these two thi- these two teams go at one another. Did you read the story about Bobby, Bobby Wagner when uh, his exit from Seattle was pretty much fait accompli? I didn't. He was texting teams, just randomly texting teams. And he, he texted really? the Rams saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. And they initially thought it was fake. They didn't think it was actually him. That's funny. He signed the text B Wags. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need, too, is a resurgent Bobby Wagner in the uh, middle of that defense racking up 170 tackles like he was in his heyday right. in Seattle. It's true. It's true. Uh, so, and, and then the Buffalo thing, there is uh, the pressure that's on them this year. They have been, they have been such a favored pick. Uh, we talked about how the NFL Network, the game day crew, all six of them, from Kurt Warner to Rich Eisen to Cynthia Freeland, boom, 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 Bills, champion, right down the line. That's a lot of pressure for a team that did not even make the championship game last year. Yeah, I mean... Expectations can be really, Ooh. really bad. I mean, Oof. ask Phoenix Suns fans about expectations oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. going into this season, right? Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the history of. I, I should have looked this up because the Super Bowl champ always opens up on Thursday night football uh, at home, usually against a marquee opponent. 
I can't even, off the top of my head, I can't remember the results, how the champions fared. I, I think the Bills want to come out and make a statement tonight, though. I, I would think so. And what you said yeah. earlier in the show, I think it's going to be true. I think there's going to be a lot of Bills Mafia there. Yes, I, I I think that is. But um, be careful out there because it's ninety five degrees. Right, that's right. <laughs> that's that's just a Bills fans' luck, isn't it? To plan a trip to Southern California, woohoo! They don't care; they'll be drunk. That is true. That's very jumping, true. Jumping through tables. Yeah, they're used to jump, jumping through tables that are on fire. There's also an they're advisory: don't light the tables on fire. Right, yeah, don't do so that. So hot. <laughs> Bix Picks uh, is back tonight as well. Text the word PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. We talked about questions with the Los Angeles Rams heading into the opener. The Cardinals list of questions gets longer by the day as we get closer to the opener uh, against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get into some of those questions next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I think the Arizona Cardinals will be the team to finish last in the AFC West. I think too many people are caught up in the quarterback position for Seattle. What Seattle wants to do is do what they did in early Russell Wilson years. They're going to try and repeat that all over again. That is uh, Keyshawn Johnson from ESPN Radio. Uh, He meant NFC West. It wasn't a realignment, but uh, says the Cardinals have finished last. I don't understand this. What's his logic there, though? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. No, I mean, everybody always says it's a quarterback's league. It's a quarterback's league. It's a quarterback's league. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn, uh, excuse me, uh, Kyler Murray over the combination of, of Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke. I don't care how much they want to run the football. They still have those guys at quarterback, and a quarterback yeah. still has to yeah. make plays. Yeah, that's I, I Picking them to finish that. last is, is I, that's just silly to me because it's pretty obvious to me what Seattle's doing. Yes. They're not stupid. Um, so yeah, so they're trying I, to get themselves a Bryce Young for next year. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what they're trying to do. So, so to me, uh, th- that's that's somewhat ridiculous. But I do think it is. There's a lot of reasons to question this roster right now, and there's a lot of reason to question the construction of this and how this all came about. A lot of hoping and not a lot of money being spent, particularly on defense. And I I, I don't know the why of it, but. Again, you've got enough quarterback if he takes that step forward to take this team where they need to go. But I don't, I don't think it's last place this year, even in a worst case scenario. I, I agree with you. Cornerback uh, is at the top of the list of questions, and you know they're going in thin. Antonio Hamilton out for the first four weeks on the non-football injury list. Trayvon Mullen, whom they traded for, uh, he is a question mark because of a toe injury that that has lingered. So. What do you do? Do you go? I mean, obviously, Byron Murphy will be on the field. Marco Wilson has been elevated back up to a starter. You have Christian Matthew. You have Javelin Guidry, who they picked up on waivers from the Jets. That is not a great recipe for success uh, going into a game against uh, 
Kansas City of all teams. Uh, Marco Wilson himself spoke to the media yesterday and talked about the loss of Antonio Hamilton. Honestly, we just we got to look at it as next man up, and I, I have confidence in everybody that's been playing and going through camp with us that they're ready. So no matter who goes down, although it's, it's a big loss for us, um, anybody coming up next is ready. Yeah, stepping up, but also performing. That's what needs to happen, especially in a game against Kansas City. So how do you get the uh, new DBs up to speed for week one, Marco Wilson? Um, they've been going. Uh, the new guys that just got here, I mean, there's there's smart guys. They, they learn defenses, so just learning defense is going to be a thing for that. And then you guys like Kristen, who came in as a rookie, has been doing great all preseason in camp, so we got confidence in that. That, to me, is the biggest matchup to watch, is this new yeah. core of receivers for mm-hmm. Kansas City against this newish and kind of uh, with – all due respect, patchwork group of of, of cornerbacks yeah, for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, patchwork group of cornerbacks. Yeah, listen, and it's going to be quite an awakening. You know, I, I want to believe in this Christian Matthew kid, but let's let's be honest here, man. This is this is a big jump in quality of competition yes. from where he played college football to who he's going to be guarding on Sunday. And he flashed at times in the preseason, oh, yeah. but yeah. doing it against threes and fours. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I really liked what I saw out of him. I thought, wow, this kid, you know. Might be some, but again, this is a, when you're suddenly now lining up against you know a Juju Smith Schuster or a Marcus Valdez Scantling, mm-hmm. a little different. Somebody's got to guard Nicole Travis Hardman, Kelsey too. Travis Kelsey, hey. Buda Baker will be on Travis Kelsey. So I think you'll see Simmons on him. Yeah, maybe some. Uh, yeah, that bit, makes sense. Yeah, too. that makes sense. That, that's that's probably where. It is. Yeah, that's probably the matchup. Simmons on Kelsey though, that might show you everything that you need to know about Simmons this year. There's, yeah, listen. I don't it, know if that's fair. I mean, Kelsey's. By, he's, I know, but he's if he's the best I'm, receiving tight end in football. Yeah, and listen. There's only one guy I have seen who has been able to consistently defend him. It's that Derwin James guy who is phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> the Marco oh Wilson. God. Love that guy. The Marco Wilson thing is interesting because the Cardinals have essentially done everything they can to get him out of the starting lineup this season. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, had Hamilton jump him. Then they traded for a guy that seemed like he was going to start who somehow was injured without, right. I don't know what happened there. So Marco Wilson, you got to hope that everything he's saying is true and that he's tough between the years and can step back in there after they've, you know, tried to replace him all offseason. Yeah, there's also questions on the offensive line. How together will they? They be going into week one. Justin Pugh is on the injury report. Veterans Day off for Rodney Hudson yesterday. Not a lot of participation from Rodney Hudson uh, this preseason, even though he was named a captain. Cliff Kingsbury talked about the statuses of those two linemen yesterday. Yeah, I think both will be more game time decisions. Rodney's gotten better um, each week, but we want to make sure he's completely healthy before we put him out there. But then again completely healthy, getting better, not listed on the injury report as an injury yesterday. Yeah. Now, that that delineation could change today. It could go from non-injury related day of rest to whatever the injury actually is. But then again, you got 40% of your offensive line, game time decision. I know. It I is. Know. I, I hope this is not a, a sign of things to come for oh, the Cardinals yeah, you, on you the injury front. Because and, if this is going to be the case, they're sunk already. And I, and I hope that there's some gamesmanship here. I, I really hope, too, because that's quite a that's a lengthy list to go into week one. I mentioned Especially this. with such limited participation in the preseason games. It's not what that's not the outcome you're supposed to get. I said I, I said yesterday the one thing that you didn't get is you don't have any big names on the IR based on bad injuries in the preseason because that that's the worst case scenario when you lose a guy for the year 
based on a preseason game. So, you know, a guy's uh, you, you can strain a calf, you can, you know, tweak a hamstring in practice. It's I guess it does happen, but it's a lot of question marks and that's kind of what I was saying in the blast. Nobody knows which way the season's going to roll. We no. don't even know what the deal with Marcus Golden is. No, cuz it's listed as an injury on the report, but we all think it's a hold in. And either way, we have no idea of his availability on right. Sunday. That's right. And then we, we we talked twice now about just the goofiness around Devon Kennard, who was cut, who was shocked that he was cut. A lot of people were shocked that he was cut because even though you might be able to call him a disappointment, he's got a lot of experience. He knows what he's doing. He knows his way around a football field. And then they signed him back to the practice squad. And now he's listed as number two on the depth chart at outside linebacker <laughs> while also being on the practice squad. <laughs> it's so it's essentially it's just, it's, it's essentially Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker mm-hmm. that you know what you're getting and you feel confident in. Everybody else is either a question about whether they're going to step up this year or whether they're healthy right whether now. They're healthy, yeah, yeah. It's it, and I, it, I agree with Jarrett. Can I throw one other name into the Byron Murphy? That I start to feel uh, no. I think Byron Murphy had, had an uneven year last year. Yeah. I would I would I would kind of include Zach Allen in that. He, I think he had a really good year last year. He mm-hmm. stayed healthy. He, you know, he overcame that label that was on him that he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, was pretty productive. He was pretty made good. some plays. Yeah, but, made some you know, plays. Is he going to be a game? You know, a, a total game changer? Probably not. But I would put him on that next that next tier right. un, underneath Baker yeah. and Thompson. And then you get, then you wonder are are any of these rookies? Would Cam Thomas? Would <laughs> is he going to do something? Is you know, I I don't know. I don't know. So there's a lot of fingers I mean, being, they invested, a lot of fingers and toes crossed here, Vinny. Two third round picks invested in edge rushers. Yet Devon Kennard was listed. A practice squad player was listed on the depth chart ahead of both of those guys. Wow. Maybe a clerical error. We don't know. Oh. Yeah, right. There's a lot of that going around in there. Oops. <laughs> Coming up next, we've already looked at the <laughs> NFC heading into the season. We'll take a look at the American Football Conference and how that could shake out next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Thursday, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell with you until 10 o'clock before we uh, jump into our AFC outlook for 2022. Various reports have uh, Marcus Golden out on the practice field today for the first time since oh, August that's good news. 1st. So either the injury was legit or he got some uh, some contractual sugar. Yeah, I'm wondering if there will be a contract extension type of uh, yeah. announcement coming. Announcement coming okay, later. That's first time in Five That's weeks. Good news. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I was a little bit. I was. If you're a veteran, it, it's. It, you can go and play a football game and be okay, but to have no practice time at all going into uh not good so uh, that yeah. that's good news that makes me feel a little bit better jj watt not out at practice today uh, again uh and thursday pretty crucial day when it comes to availability yeah. for sunday now right. a lot can change especially with a veteran but that's where we're at now uh earlier in the show we went through our nfc outlook bick has the san francisco 49ers representing the conference in the super bowl I picked Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but now who will face those teams? Why don't you go first in the AFC, Vinny? All right, my division champions, AFC East. I can't go against the grain and pick anybody but uh, Buffalo, can I? 
You could. I could, but that'd be stupid because none of those teams is any good. <laughs> Miami could be intriguing. Uh, AFC North. I think that's a. I think it's a really interesting division. Not mm-hmm. like the West, but um, you know, Baltimore. If Lamar is dialed in and healthy, what can they do? Cincinnati, the defending AFC champions. I'm curious to see what Pittsburgh looks like uh, and when they make the switch to Kenny Pickett. And the Browns, I mean, if they can tread water until Deshaun Watson comes back with the talent they have, I don't know. I don't think there's a weak link in that in that uh, division right now. Yeah. But I'm going with the Ravens. I think this is Lamar Jackson's wow. revenge tour on the, wow. on the rest of the league. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, AFC South, it's been Tennessee's division to lose. Uh, but I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts this year. They upgraded a quarterback. Matt Ryan is very, very old, but can still be effective. Uh, and I think he's an upgrade over what we saw last year. And mm-hmm. quarterback was one of the big reasons they faded. So I'm going with the Colts in the South. And in the toughest division, at least on paper, going into a season in NFL history, I still think it's the Chiefs division. There's something to be said for being the, the king of the mountain and, and for those teams to get knocked off. Right. Uh, my three AFC wild cards. Cincinnati, the Chargers break through, and I'm going with the Denver Broncos Ooh. to lock, lock up a, uh, a wild card that? spot. How about that? And uh, AFC Championship, the Buffalo Bills finally climb the mountain, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the championship game to get to the Super Bowl. Interesting. Okay. So I said it, so go ahead, Bills fans. Book your tickets to Glendale for February now. So you've got <laughs> so you've got Buffalo and, and Tampa? Yeah. And you know who wins? Yeah, tell me. Tampa Bay. Oh, yuck. We'll be talking about really? this story for Tom 50 Brady's years. Tom Brady's second Super Bowl triumph in Glendale. Great. Yes, Can't yeah. wait to see that. And eighth overall. Okay, I, I will give you uh, my seven uh, to my seven top teams. I Like I said, I didn't do the divisions. I, I could probably parse it out, but I'm just going to tell you how I think this thing okay. is going to break through. Um, I am going to have, at number seven, by the end of the year, the Miami Dolphins. Wow. Yes. They're going to be a surprise team for me. With Tua now, and a rookie head coach. And a rookie head coach. Number six, the Bengals. Joe Burrow, too much quarterback. Number five, the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert apparently has. Uh, I just read something in the in the break. Apparently, he's weaponizing his cadence at the line of scrimmage. He's trying to get free plays like Aaron Rodgers is really good at, getting guys to jump off sides and then using the opportunity. Oh, good. Yeah, more right. delays. More delays. That's all we need. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number three, the Colts. I'm uh, very bullish on the Colts this year. Yeah. Uh, that running back, that offensive line, and some stability to quarterback. At number two, I've got the Buffalo Bills. And at number one, the Denver Broncos. D- D- Denver number one? Denver number one. I think Denver is going to have that kind of year, Vinny. And I've got Denver beating the 49ers in a Russell Wilson versus San Francisco Super Bowl. Wow. You know, listen. I did not see when, that coming. When, sitting, <laughs> <laughs> the the um, it, you know, this stuff happens in football, though. It, it, things don't always go according to uh, what do they say? Chalk. True. I think our sister station in Denver wants to have you on to <laughs> do an interview today. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I thought you were talking about Mike Sock. I thought you were doing the. No, 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 no. Okay. no. I, I, th- I think they would love to talk to you about this prediction. Yeah. I well, listen. I, Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach and Russell Wilson, year one of Russ. That defense they've got in Denver. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have a 13-14 win season.
So you didn't have the Ravens making the playoffs. I've got the Ravens missing the playoffs. All right. So uh, again, I think we had six of the yeah. of the same teams. Right. Who is the team that? Uh, just name off your teams rapid fire again, real quick. Denver, Buffalo, Indy, KC, uh, the Chargers, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. Now again, oh, that's the Dolphins. Just, okay. That's how I've got them rated. So it, that's not necessarily the playoff field because I don't know if I've got all the divisions accounted for there. But whatever. It's, it's so. I, I yeah. I, this is um. I, I I see a I see a down year for both the Ravens and Lamar and the Bucks. I just think something wonky is gonna weird's gonna happen to the Bucks. It's gonna derail them. This also year. interesting. Be, neither one of us picked the Tennessee Titans about the that. Playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering. Sudden, I mean, and there's always teams, um, you know, that that go worst to first. That that happens almost every single year. Um, so the candidates this year. Um, in the respective divisions. The Jets? No. Cleveland and Baltimore finished tied for fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacksonville? Denver? So you've actually got a worst to first team, mm-hmm. as do I with Baltimore. Uh, the Giants, Detroit, Carolina, and Seattle were the four last place teams. Wow. Yeah, you'd, you'd like the Lions to do something after their very um, spirited performance at Hard Knocks. They're a bad team. There are some people picking them to improve. Okay. Uh, and the team that kind of fits that mold in the AFC is the Houston Texans. They were four. I, I, how they won four games last year, I'll never know. Uh-huh. Um, but, <laughs> you know, another new coach in, in Houston. And I read, uh, I think it was a Sando piece on The Athletic, that one executive said, hey, they're going to be a lot better. I don't think they're going to be 15-2, and two, but they're certainly not going to be 2-15 and 15 either. I think, man, I'd feel better about the. I like what the Jets did this off season. I like um, kind of the energy they have around their head coach, mm-hmm. but not having Zach Wilson for four weeks and having to go with Joe Flacco for four weeks might might delay them a little bit. But I I think they're a team on the uprise. Like I said, I I don't know exactly what to expect from Pittsburgh because they have pieces outside yeah. of quarterback yeah. right now, right. But again, that's it's a whole. This is the, it's been a long time since a guy not named Roethlisberger was their quarterback. Yeah, first time since two thousand ten that somebody else. I mean, I, he's been there earlier wow. than that, but I think he yeah. missed a, an opening game because okay. of the suspension. Then okay, uh, but yeah, twelve years mm-hmm. that he was the opening day quarterback. Uh, neither one of us picked the Raiders to make the uh, playoffs. I like the Raiders, I just I, that somebody's got to someone's got to lose. In that they made division. one of the biggest trades in the off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bring or in Devontae Adams. They get free agent. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. They have Max Crosby, who a lot of people are picking to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, right. Um, that division. Oof. Who are you picking, Carlin? For the Super Bowl or for that division? No, for the he's World Series. He's picking Baltimore against Washington. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. The co- your commanders? No. I, okay. I don't like Carson Wentz at all. Although, they they've done okay recently with mediocre quarterbacks, but hmm, I think the NFC is is so hard because there's no team that stands out to me. So yeah, I mean of the teams, I, that- that's why I get your pick about Tampa because j- just on paper to me they they have the most talent. I I really 
I wasn't ready for you to ask me this. <laughs> well, I, I, wanna, you, I don't want to sound well, lame well, right. by picking the Buffalo Bills, but to me, it's their year. It's sort of like the progression that you see in a lot of sports where you're close, you're close, you're close. This seems like the Buffalo Bills year, and I'll go the Buffalo Bills versus... He the said, Green Bay Packers. He said versus. Oh, he I know. Versus. I want to make you happy. One of our listeners, Bick, a Zylon, yeah. Yeah. said, can we have Bickley tested for illegal substances <laughs> for thinking the Broncos are going to the Super Bowl and winning it? Uh-huh. It's. I think picking them even to win the division is pretty bold of that yeah, division. Of course it is. But why not? He, he went Wilson, man. Dan, Dan went very bold with both of his predictions. Yeah, yes. I went very vanilla on mine. Bick's bold picks. Exactly. And that's exactly how you can take advantage of Bickley on a weekly basis. Nice. Hey! Lobby. Bix Picks is back tonight. Text pick to 620-620. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize. A 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to get entered. Coming up next, we'll uh, talk some Diamondbacks baseball with the president and CEO, Derek Hall. That's next uh, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the president. He's the president and CEO of your Arizona Diamondbacks. Hail to the chief. Derek Hall. The president. That's a time of week where we talk Diamondbacks baseball with the club president and CEO Derek Hall, who joins us here now on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Derek, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Vince. Hello, Dan. Hello, The uh, Wednesday night curse got me again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, we've been talking about so much good with this team, the way they've played since the All-Star break, 25 and 19, very competitive and doing it with a lot of young players. But, you know, Bick and I spent some time yesterday talking about the Tuesday night loss uh, that got away from the team after a 5 nothing lead. That was one of those gut, gut punch variety losses. Is, is part of you, Derek, kind of curious to see how a, a younger team now that's relying on so many rookies and, and young players responds to that? adversity uh, definitely and, and you know what Vinny I look back to Saturday night another game we, we should have won and we blew in the ninth we've had too many of those and I thought boy that's got to be crushing to these young guys yet then they come right back out Sunday and and beat up on the the Brewers again and I think we saw yesterday too I mean you know you wonder how they're going to respond after that tough one on Tuesday night and they come right back out and, and score the first two runs of the game and they battle back and tied it back up at three so I, I don't think it's it's showing any sort of a you know residue or impact on these guys they come right back, bounce back. I think it's because of the, the youth and the confidence. When, when you take a look at that closer position, though, what are you going to do long term? I, he- I heard Tori's quotes about how you guys are looking to maybe see if there's a way to build closers on, on the minor league level. I've never heard that being done before. What How, how are you going to solve this issue, especially when there's going to be expectations on this team next year? Good, good question, Bick. I wasn't expecting that. I, I guess um, I'm just trying to add one and one and make it three on that one. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> whatever that means. I, I think uh, there is a way to build a bullpen. There's teams that have been doing that, developing bullpen arms. When you have a lot of arms in the in the system and you know different angles, different velocities, different pitch sequence, you can do that. And we have a, a, a lot of young pitchers down there in the farm system, guys that we didn't want to quite bring up yet, but they can 
could easily make our team next year. I think we do have guys that would profile as as uh, relievers or as closers. So it can be done. Okay. Um, we just, you know, we haven't done a great job over the years, not just over the last couple of years, but really over the last 10, 15 years. Very few closers have we developed. You know, Valverde, of course, we can remember. Archie Bradley closed a little bit. But there, there's more that we can do. And I think we finally have a group of, of pitchers who even though they're starters for the most part or, or were starters in college or in high school when we drafted them they could easily convert over to, to uh, relievers and we're at the point now where it's time for these guys to make that next jump and make the leap if you've seen successfully with others. Derek Hall, President and CEO of the Diamondbacks, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings and you know with the way the team has improved in the second half and with the excitement about it, you know, a lot of people are talking about what what is a goal for the rest of this season? Is it to get a winning record? Is it to reach 500? I mean, is there internally a goal that you guys have set out since the way things have gone in the second half, Derek? Yeah, I think both of those. I mean, Vince, we, we want to get to 500, of course, but a lot of times if you're a team in our position, you get to 500, you exhale and go, huh, we got there. And then, you you know, you start losing yeah. games again. And we've done that, you know, in, in the recent past. I think for us, we need to get to 500 and continue with the momentum and push past that uh, and hopefully finish with a winning record. We're at, you know, 65 wins right now. And you think about it, we've got 26 games left. Can we win 10 of those? That's a 75-win season. Uh, granted, you know, that's not 500. But that would be, you know, that I mean, you look at last year with 52 wins, that's a 23-win improvement. So that's a huge season in itself. But I would love for us to, to blow past. I think we've caught the attention of a lot of teams. Let's see how we match up now against the Dodgers because no one catches their attention, and they just breeze through their schedule. They are so good and so dominant, and we've got a lot of games against them. Not only do we have three next week here at home, but then we go to L.A., and like I've never seen in a four-game period we've got – or four-day period we've got five games. Yeah. So to have – you know, the Padres we just completed, the Dodgers, you got the Padres again, Dodgers with that tough series, then the Giants who have been playing well. It's it's a tough task ahead, but I, I want to see how these, these young guys perform. They've certainly done it. I look at, yeah, you know, I, I wrote down the numbers last night, and it's pretty crazy. You look at those four outfielders with Carol McCarthy, Thomas, and Varsho, and against a very good team at their home and against really good pitching, you know, we went Snell, Darvish, um, uh, Musgrove, three really tough pitchers. Those four guys went 13 for 37, which is 351 with eight RBI and four home runs. So they showed no fear whatsoever, and let's see how they respond now with, with these other teams and when we go to Colorado as you know anything can happen so we've got that in between this Padre series and our next Dodger series with the way that Dalton Varsho has taken to playing the outfield defensively I, uh, he's been way better than I thought it, it actually gives you a crowded outfield yes. next year with these young prospects how are you guys going to solve that log jam now that Jake McCarthy has shown so much and of course with Corbin Carroll and Dalton Varsho and Alec Thomas I think it's a it's a really good question and it's a really good problem to have, Bick. I, I love the fact that all these guys can play really any of the positions on the corners or even center field. They can also DH. You know, Corbin's proven that he can catch. We don't want to do that necessarily, but um, there, there's enough playing time. And, and with the DH now in the National League, there's a way to juggle it. We've had to, to DH Marte a lot this year, obviously. Um, being able to have Rivera DH is nice and has been a luxury here the last couple of weeks. But I, I think having the option 
option to have those three guys rotating them, looking at matchups, but also being able to utilize the DH spot in the batting order, we, there's a way to get it done. I just think the, all three get these guys play with, with their hair on fire, exciting, like you said, great defense. They're aggressive on the base paths. You know, they're going to learn. They're going to make mistakes. We got thrown out at third yeah. last night with nobody out trying yeah. to steal third. But had he been safe, we'd say, that's what's so great about these guys in <laughs> this team. It's going to happen, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you can't have it both ways. It's a lot of fun, and, and we'll figure it out. I think right now, Tory's trying to figure out how and when to use these guys, but I think he's having a lot of fun doing it. Derek Hall, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You mentioned the schedule and having that unprecedented five games in four days against the Dodgers, but you know this is the last year of the schedule that we're used to, going to a balanced schedule next year where the Diamondbacks will play every other team in the majors, meaning a lot less games against those division foes like the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and Rockies. Uh, I like it, uh, especially you know with the realities of life in the National League West. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Derek? I, I love it. Yeah, I know. I think it's great, especially when next year we're going to have the Red Sox come to town on a weekend in May, and then the next year after that we're going to have the Yankees come to town. So you're going to have that constant rotation. And for baseball fans that want to see more fans, it was when interleague play started right away, and it got a little stale after so many years. But fans were excited to get to see new teams. Well, now they're going to get to see that. Every other year they're going to get to see a new team come in here. And it's, it is a bit of, to your point, Vince, be careful what you wish for because, you know, would you rather play more games against those teams in your division or would you rather have to play the Rays and the Orioles and the Yankees and the Red Sox? It, you know, it's tough. But I think it's good for baseball. I think it's good for the competitive balance. I think it's good for our fans. And our fans want to see more teams coming in here more frequently, and that enables us to do so. All right. Do you like my idea of looking and treating this five-game series against the Dodgers in L.A. as your own sort of makeshift playoff series? I, I, I do, you know, without putting too much pressure on the guys. I mean, like I said, I want to see how we match up against them. And I, I wouldn't say just the five. I would say take the three here, too. And there's, it's, you know, could we go 0-8? Absolutely, right? Everybody else does. Um, but I, I just want to see how competitive these games are. I mean, you look at the games in San Diego, and like we said, we should have won. We didn't. We should have won two out of the three. Um, and they played really well. If we can have that sort of that sort of play, that sort of level of play against the Dodgers, too, I'm going to be really excited. I mean, it's it's loud there. If you're focused on those five games, it's loud there. They're, you know, the crowd's always there. It's, it, the attendance is always at a maximum. Um, it, it's a test for those kids, but what I've seen so far is that, that, that you know, they don't get too excited. They don't breathe too heavy. They are, uh, they're having a lot of fun. They have a lot of confidence. So that's going to be a good test for us, to your point there, Vic. I don't, uh, I'm never one to give credit to the Dodgers at all, but uh, you mentioned it, that the year that they're having, Derek, oh. is unbelievable. And it hasn't been all smooth sailing. They've got a ton of injuries. They've got players in their lineup that aren't playing up to their capabilities. They've had you know several key pitchers out. I mean, this is one of the more amazing team seasons we've ever seen. They are, and it just you know that's where you have to take your hat off to them. Although none of us want to, but they do such a good job. And it's not just opening up the checkbook. They have half of their you know half of their team is homegrown, so they do a great job drafting. And then when they have the depth, like you you talk about, Vince. I mean, how many injuries they've had to their rotation? The fact that they can move guys all over the field. I mean, they can play first base one day and center field the next. That's an incredible you know that that's an incredible accomplishment. And they do have the depth that they can overcome injury. Um, but it's just a collective 
collective team that always responds. They go out there with a swagger. I think it's what every team wants to be. And, and that's where we want to get to, um, but we, we have to do it internally. And, and what I'm hoping this year is, and you know, let's credit our sons, because when they played those eight games in the bubble and we all went, hmm, okay, they've got our attention. You're seeing the youth develop, and they got the attention of all the other teams. We're hoping that this is you know, even – a small chance that it's like that eight games in the bubble where next year we come out as a team that can contend. And I do believe that our roster thinks they can do that. Yeah, Jared brought that up. It's one of the wisest things he's ever said it's in the history the of the show. It's the only wisest thing he's said. <laughs> so wait a minute. We're giving Jared and the Dodgers credit in the same show? Yeah, right. I'm going to go get checked out after <laughs> yeah, no this show. Doubt. How about it? Uh, Derek, always good to talk to you. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Look forward to it. Thank Thanks, you. Derek called D-backs president and CEO, our guest, every Thursday here on uh, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Coming up next, something we do every day at 9 o'clock, social studies with Sarah Cazell. That's next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Woo!